0: And now let's try and tune in to no good music from an undisclosed location somewhere in New Jersey. <laughs> that style, the playing guitar. Uh, when that comes on, you're out on the dance floor.
1: Sammy still rocks, man. I... Let's see it. You.
0: Am I going to listen to this again?
1: And it's definitely going to be a theme. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this shit up. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Hello, once again, this is Rob and Jeremy. And we are on show forty six. And we have yet another Elvis podcast. Hey hey, hey, hey. Like a And we are going to be talking about the nineteen sixty three movie. It happened at the World's Fair. Starring Elvis Presley. Yes. <laughs> I've never seen that movie, just like the other one we I reviewed. never saw it either. This is Jeremy's second movie. Second album. In one movie. day. Yes. Yeah. We're going to hit the trifecta. No, just kidding. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next year we'll watch a couple more. There you go. Before we start, we're going to go over some new music. Now, the last couple months or the beginning of the year, there weren't that many new albums that came out. And all of a sudden, this weekend, <laughs> the beginning of June, we have all these albums that we're going to talk about. We've got um, the new Foo Fighters. I don't know if you had a chance to listen.
1: The new Foo Fighters.
0: Literally. But here we are. Literally, there's new
1: Foo Fighters. Or yeah. at least a new Foo Fighter.
0: Yes. <laughs> I really like this album. I can't say I'm a huge Foo Fighter fan. I mean, I like the songs. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I don't think I've ever owned an album.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: I love the Foo Fighters. It's one of my favorite, like, current bands.
1: And I have heard the new album, but I only played it once at work, so I didn't get a good feel for it yet. I got to listen to it a few times.
0: But my favorite song is a song called Under You. And I originally thought it was about Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it. I guess it's really about Taylor Hawkins, okay, their drummer who passed away. But if you listen to it, you can kind of, it, it sounds like it could be about Kurt Cobain, but it's... That was so long ago, like thirty. What was it? Almost thirty years ago. Yeah,
1: it was like ninety-two. I think ninety-three. Yeah,
0: so like that would make more sense that it was about um, Taylor Hawkins. The lyrics are great. It's just, and it's sad when you really listen to it. Like the one lyric, uh, "Someone said I'll never see your face again." Part of me just can't believe it's true, but I also like uh, nothing at all. And it's weird because there's a guitar part in here. That reminds me of this old song called Love is Like Oxygen. You get too much, you get too high. Yeah, there's that, that guitar riff okay. in, the, in there. And that was a band called Sweet. Yeah. You probably know Ballroom Blitz by them. Yeah. <laughs> so, those are two songs I like from them. Uh, we also have Rival Sons, mm-hmm. Dark Fighter. The cover's cool. It's a neon, like, tiger
2: mm-hmm.
0: on the cover. Uh, Two songs on there, uh, Nobody Wants to Die and Guillotine, two really rockin' hard songs. And uh, we got Joan Jett has a new EP uh, called Mindsets. And uh, the song If You're Blue, that was one of the first singles she put out. I like that song. And Make the Music Go Boom, that's the last track on the album. I think there's like six songs on that. But pretty much sounding like Joan Jett, you know? Yeah. She don't give a crap about her bad reputation. No, she doesn't. <laughs> uh, we got... Uh, now, this band is... I think I found them maybe last year called The Warning. I think they just... I think their album just came out. But there's a song called More. That was the single they put out. So very very hard, like hard rock. Um, One of the first videos they put out was for uh, Metallica's and her Sandman. The drummer was 12 years old. And these are three sisters. They're from Monterey, Mexico. At the time, this was in 2014, so nine years ago. But they were between nine and 14 years old when they put out that first video. But you can look up that video on YouTube, you know, the Metallica song. Check them out. I'm not a big fan of Greta Van Fleet, but they have a new one out. See, I enjoy their music a lot. Well, their album comes out July 21st. The thing is, I, I do, I like them, but I I feel, I can't tolerate too much listening to them. I, I don't know if it's the guy's voice. And I like Led Zeppelin. It's, they which, sound so yeah, similar. <laughs> but I can only listen to so much from them. So, their new album's going to be called Star Catcher. Now, there's a song on there that... I don't have the name of the song, but the drums sound like uh, when the levee breaks. Oh, love that song. Well, just the drum. The, they use the same drum pattern. Okay. Someone pointed out. Let's see what else we got. Um, this is someone that I used to like, Ben Folds. He had <laughs> Ben Folds 5. Uh-huh. What Matters Most. You know, I listened... Because I... These albums, a lot of these albums just came out, so I was trying to listen to what I could. But I listened to the first two or three songs and just wasn't feeling it. Happens sometimes. There is one song on there that's kind of interesting called Exhausting Lover. It's kind of like Blink-182 meets Cake. (laughs) Kind of quirky song. I'm sure he put out albums, you know, recently I haven't listened to, but there's no piano. It's more like pop. I, I like his voice and I don't know. I just, like I said, I listened to the first three or four songs and couldn't get past it. Uh, there's a new artist, fairly new, called Bully. Lucky for you. Kind of like Hole meets, and if you know, know Emile and the Sniffs, uh, it's kind of that sound. She's from Nashville. I guess it's a band, but it is a girl. Alicia. Uh, I can't even read my own handwriting. Hog Nano. I think her name is. <laughs> <laughs> then I just noticed, and again, this is all in one, one week. Ben Harper, who I like, I didn't get a chance to really listen to the album, but he has a song in there with Jack Johnson. Noel Gallagher has another album with the high-flying uh, birds called Council Skies. And Daniel Raycliffe uh, in The Night Sweats has an EP out. So, check those out. And I want to talk a little bit about, lastly, Dolly Parton. Mm-hmm. So, Dolly Parton was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. At first, she declined and then she changed her mind because she's, you know, not rock and roll. And then she said she was going to record a rock album. <laughs> so, the album is not going to be released till November 17th. So, I'm sure we'll talk about it once it's out. hmm but there's some interesting, it's all duets, but she got some people back in the studio who probably haven't recorded some of these, their songs in a, in a long time. She does Wrecking Ball with Miley Cyrus. hmm She does Free Bird. It says with Leonard Skinner, but there's not many people original. hmm <laughs> But one person who we did see perform at Chiller autograph show, Artemis Pyle is on this song. Awesome. Playing drums. Ronnie Van Zant was the original singer. He died in the plane crash. And Johnny Van Zant, which is Ronnie's brother who is the lead singer, I didn't see that he's even on this song. So, maybe just Dolly and Artemis are singing it. Interesting. The big one, I think, is Let It Be. With Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. Awesome. So, for them to go back in and record that. hmm The one song that I don't think, I think should be omitted is Kid Rock is on this. That's, I, I'm a Kid Rock fan, so. <laughs> I'll challenge your statement. Okay.
1: What's, what are they performing?
0: I think it's one of, it's called Either Or. I don't even know the, yeah, okay the song. There's, uh, let's see, there's three new Dolly Parton songs, including a song called I Dreamed About Elvis. <laughs> then there's a re-recording from her eighth album, uh, My Blue Tears, the song, with Simon Le from Duran Duran. So, there's 30 songs on this. This is her 49th album. Wow. That's awesome. She's trying to rival Willie Nelson, who I think is at number 70, believe it or not. So check out those. Like I said, Dolly doesn't come out till November, but there's a lot of new good music here. And... Not to be confused with no good music. Yeah. (laughs) We try to know good music. You know, music is, um, you know, you listen to it, you like it, or you don't. Right. And I don't really like to put down people who like music that I don't like, you know, like Jeremy. Who likes kid rock? But, you know, (laughs) if you like kid rock and it makes you happy, it's a good thing, you know? Yep. Now, we got some new um, music books that have come out this year. Oh, before that, we're going to try a new beer. Oh, okay. Now, this doesn't have to do with Elvis. <laughs> That's an interesting looking can, though. This is a, like a goblin
1: on there. What is that it's thing?
0: It's a cat with three eyes. Okay. Forgotten Boardwalk. And it's out of Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Okay. Now, this is a reference to a Bruce Springsteen song. It's called, the beer is called, The Cops Finally Busted Madame Marie. And then on the back you see Madame Marie. And it says Sandy. Because Sandy is in the song. Oh, okay. sha la 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 -la, baby, on here. Yeah. So, that's an ode to Bruce. We're going to try this. And it's a lime lager. it's going to go all over. Expect it to be green. It's not green.
1: Now we could just use some popcorn and Penis and popcorn
0: Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Kinda tastes like a, a A bud lime Yeah yeah, It's okay So if you like lime Beer We we still have George with us here And you don't wanna buy a Budweiser Uh The cops finally busted Madame Marie Which is forgotten pro- boardwalk. probably more expensive Than a Budweiser <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> These are like um, it's a specialty beer. Four fifty. The can, can alone is a collector's item. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to talk about uh, music books. Uh, we have a book that came out April fourth, and it's I don't know if you ever heard of the magazine Kerrang. No, it was a rock uh, music magazine. They put out a book called Kerrang! Living Loud, Four Decades on the Frontline of Rock, Metal, Punk, and Alternative Music. And this is by Kerrang! and Nick Ruskell. 240 pages. $28. Relive the greatest moments in the last 40 years of hardcore, punk, and metal with this incredible book by Kerrang! Alternative Music's most trusted publication. And it's a uh, year by year review of the greatest artists and moments in metal and alternative. Okay. Then we have one that came out April 11th Acid Detroit, a psychedelic story of Motor City music by Joe Molloy. This is in paperback, 176 pages, 1299. Acid Detroit tells the story of Motor City through its revolutionary music, past and present, in order to find the seeds of radical transformation among its ruins. It says the book is ex- it, <laughs> the book is an exhilarating technicolor view of Detroit's musical and social history from the 1960s to the present day. This one's pretty interesting. This uh, came out April 18th. It's H.R. Geiger, the guy that created the aliens, the alien, uh, you know, from Aliens. He created the creatures. H. Oh, R-
1: oh. Okay.
0: H.R. Geiger. hmm uh-huh. And what does this have to do with music? Well, it's Debbie Harry M- Metamorphosis, creating a visual concept for Cuckoo, which was her album. Uh, and it's by, it's also by Chris Stein. Uh, he contributes, uh, he's the guitarist, you know, for Blondie. Introduction by Debbie Harry. It's 192 pages. The list price is $75 on this. But it is on Amazon for 48 I think, currently. It's 10.5 inches by 13, so it's oversized. So it's a beautiful coffee table art book chronicling the extraordinary collaboration between Debbie Harry and H.R. Geiger for Harry's 1981 solo album, Cuckoo, and photographs and words by Chris Stein, artifacts and sketches from the Geiger Archive, says this is an essential behind-the-scenes insight into the processes of an incredible creative partnership. And then we have our last one here, Holding the Note by David Remnick, and this is a hardcover, 304 pages, $30, came out May 23rd. The Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist and editor of The New Yorker gathers his writing on some of the essential musicians of our time. Intimate portraits of Leonard Cohen, Buddy Guy, Mavis Staples, Paul McCartney, Bruce Springsteen, Patty Smith and more. So there you go. Wanna right. do some summer reading? Okay. So, we're going to get into the Elvis movie. Actually, before that, the movie is it happened at the World's Fair. So, I want to talk a little bit about the World's Fair. Now, the movie is 1963 Seattle, but I was actually at World's Fair in 1982 in Knoxville, Tennessee with my parents. And the tie-in to Elvis is we also visited Nashville and Memphis, Mm -hmm. and it was the first year that Graceland opened. Oh, wow. And we went there. Graceland opened on June 7th. I don't know what date we were there, but I know it was the summer. So, it was probably, could have been July, August. Right. So, I was 16 years old. But during our vacation, we went to the World's Fair. Uh, It was officially known as the Knoxville international energy exposition it focused on energy and electricity generation with the theme energy turns the world so the fair opened on may 1st and closed on october 31st so it was there for a while it received 11 million visitors wow and it was the second world's fair to be held in the state of tennessee the first was in 1897 which was held in Nashville. The fair was constructed on a 70 acre site between downtown Knoxville and the Uni- University of Tennessee campus. Opening day, uh, they had a crowd of 87,000 people. So here's some interesting things. Now, I don't, unfortunately, I don't remember. <laughs> I remember being there. I don't remember seeing any concerts. There were performers there because they had. Bob Hope, not on the same day, but during the fair. Tennessee, Ernie Ford, Johnny Cash, Chet Atkins, Hal Holbrook was there. Glenn Campbell, Ricky Skaggs as performers. Now, here's some innovations. The Oak Ridge National Laboratory physicist George Samuel Hurst showcased his patented resistive touchstone technology. That was developed in 1975. Visitors were able to use computers with the touch screen technology. Oh, cool. In 1982. That had to be <laughs> an amazing feeling. Yeah. So, it's kind of cool. You know, we don't have World's Fairs anymore. And uh, I-, I would love to go to something that had new invention. I mean, well, we do have, okay, we, uh, I take that back because we do have conventions that mm-hmm. electronics and right that stuff. I would love to go to one, one of those to try out brand new stuff that I can't, I can't afford. Yet. right. You know. <laughs> now, Coca-Cola organized a measure of several flavored mixtures of its traditional Coke. Visitors could test lime, lemon, vanilla, and cherry flavors. By the end of the festival, Coca-Cola found that the cherry-flavored soda was the most popular. So, this was the first time they tried out cherry cola. That's pretty cool. And as a result, it would be distributed in 1985. I could have had a cherry Coke. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I could have had the first cherry Coke. Uh, Oil Corporation Texaco showcased the concept of pay at the pump as part of the advances in energy. An early rendition of the cordless telephone was introduced to the public. <laughs> and the Ford Motor Company showcased a Lincoln Town Car with a built-in car phone. And a concept car known as the AFV, which relied on alternative fuel consumption. And then also, one last thing, um, one-hour photographic processing was introduced by Kodak. By Kodak. And uh, used by visitors at at the fair. Now, the fair was not successful at all. And you're going to think I'm making this up. But remember, there were over 11 million visitors, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. They made a profit of $57. Wow. Far short of the $5 million surplus projected by the organizers, uh, the city of Knoxville was left with a $46 million debt and the debt wouldn't be paid off till May 2007. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's why we don't have world fairs. Maybe. Anymore. Okay, so let's talk about the movie, Happened at the World's Fair. Elvis, in color. <laughs> this movie opened uh, in Los Angeles, or premiered April 3rd, 1963, opened nationally April 10th. Uh, this was Elvis's 12th movie, and Elvis made a lot of movies, because the <laughs> first movie, uh, our last podcast, uh, was his second movie, and we're talking uh, five years later, yep. and it's his 12th movie. So that's 10 movies, you know, in between. Yep. It was ranked number 55 for the year on Variety's list of movies. That doesn't sound good to me. And earlier titles were Take Me Out to the Fair and Take Me to the Fair. The film did make $2.25 million, box office. The thing is, I read a lot of the Elvis movies cost around $2 million. Mm. So that's not really a big profit. And I think... Elvis was getting at least 100,000. Yeah, like 100,000, 200,000. So they kind of almost broke even, I would right, say. Right. This was filmed in Seattle, and it was an actual World's Fair, the site of the Century 21 Exposition, okay. which we saw a lot in the movie. Yeah. Uh, even where they're staying in the little houses it said Century 21. And the governor of Washington at the time suggested the setting to MGM executives hmm. that they filmed there. So, here's the cast. We got Elvis, of course, is Mike Edwards. And he is a crop dusting pilot. <laughs> and Gary Lockwood is his partner who has a gambling problem. Gary Lockwood was in 2001 A Space Odyssey. Not sure what else he was in. He is still alive. He's 85. Joan O'Brien, she plays Diane. She's a nurse at the fair that Mike uh, is kind of honing in on. <laughs> now, she retired. She was 27 around there in this film. And she retired at around 28. So, she retired soon after yeah. from films. Yeah. That a little girl, there's a little... Um, What would you say? Vietnamese or? Yeah. She might be Hawaiian, only because of what I'm going to tell you. But her name was Vicky Tu, T-I-U. And she became the first lady of Hawaii from 97 to 2002. Uh So she married the governor of Hawaii, which I think she's still married to. Uh, We have Yvonne Craig, who was Batgirl in the Batman TV series she was also in another Elvis movie Kissing Cousins very cute in this movie very like Jeremy and I talked about or Jeremy mentioned uh, he she should have been the, the main she yeah, should have been the lead nurse yeah cause the nurse didn't really have any charisma any I don't know you didn't really feel it right that much no uh, we got Kurt Russell believe it or not <laughs> Who is, how old they say he was, he's probably six eight. or eight. Yeah, yeah I think eight. he said eight. Uh, it's his film debut. And Elvis had a couple buddies in this movie, which I didn't, uh, read West as Fred. It's uncredited. He's the cousin of Sonny West, but it was Elvis's bodyguard. He was part of the Memphis Mafia. Have you ever heard of Memphis Mafia, Jeremy? I've heard of the Memphis okay. Mafia. That's what he called, called his <laughs> group yeah. of friends. Right. Joe Esposito says Carnival Man, uncredited. He was Elvis's road manager and also part of the Memphis Mafia. Mod- he also met Elvis when he was in the army. Elvis, um, you know, that would have been 1958. So, he put him, I don't know if he, maybe he put these guys in his movies, more. you know, right. other movies. Right. The plot of the movie, we we start out with Elvis and his buddy who has, like, a gambling problem. Mm -hmm. But they're like, they own a plane and they do crop dusting. And because of the gambling problem of his friend, his friend, what's his name? Danny? Yeah, Danny. Danny. Burke, I think. They lose the plane because they owe... $1,200. $1,200. Seems like they owe the town or something. Yeah. Because the cop seizes the plane. Yeah, I don't know. He kind of confiscates their plane. Yeah. Gives them two weeks to pay up. So they start hitchhiking and it's <laughs> it's not really confusing, but at first it was confusing. But then I figured um he mentions he has a friend who somehow is near the World's Fair. I, I don't know why they're going to the World's Fair.
1: I think that's they're just h-
0: where the driver was going oh, mean, okay. along yeah. the way. They're like, oh, yeah. wait a second. I might know somebody yeah. there. And then the weird thing is the the driver, who is the little girl's uncle, he has he gets a call and he's got to go off somewhere, and he leaves the little girl with Danny and Elvis and Elvis, who are Mike. total strangers. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: hitchhikers that yeah. he
1: picked up off the road.
0: But as soon as they get into the uh, the fairgrounds, there Elvis has his eyes on some woman walking by, of course, and. She's, she turns out to be a nurse, but he gets some, he gets a kid to kick him in the leg, which is Kurt Russell. He pays him a quarter mm-hmm. to kick him in the leg. So I have some, a little interesting thing in that. Um, so of course in the movie, he gives him a quarter in real life. Kurt was hesitant to kick Elvis. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he knew it was Elvis. So Elvis gave him $5 to kick him. Wow. Oh, Kurt was 11. Okay. Elvis was 27. And then interesting enough, years later in 1979, Kurt would play Elvis in the movie Elvis. And Kurt was 27, the same age as Elvis. Wow. When he met him. Interesting. So This movie was, first of all, it's in color, unlike the King Creole that we watched. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I think we really like King Creole over this movie. Yes. There wasn't too much going on. I think the whole plot was them trying to get their plane back or something. or you Yeah, know. trying to get the money to get their plane, pretty much. And Elvis just trying to get with the nurse. But he's also falling in love with the little girl. Yeah. Not like literally falling yeah. in love with, but like feeling like a father. Yeah. To this girl. And I don't think the songs were that strong. I didn't like... The musical selection yeah. for this movie, and there's one weird scene uh, after a day at the fair with the little girl. She's exhausted, and they're—I think they're on the monorail—and it's just Elvis and her. She's got this freaky stuffed animal that <laughs> <laughs> it's—it looks—it's between a dog and a lobster. It's a lobster dog. <laughs> yeah, it's a red dog stuffed dog with like—it doesn't look like arms. Looks—I don't know what it is. Yeah. So anyway, Elvis is singing, the girl's asleep. It's just a weird, I think, I think they should edit, they could have edited that out. We didn't. Yeah, that was a very weird scene. He could have just walked out of the park with her on it, like carrying her and she was asleep and then show him bringing her back, you know, and we didn't need, I don't know, it was just weird. Yeah. Because normally Elvis sings to people who are awake, I think. I think that's the whole... I don't know. Well, twice he sang to her for to sleep. Yeah, okay.
1: Once he sang to put her to sleep, and once he sang while she's sleeping. I think he
0: sang to Priscilla in real life to put her to sleep. Mm. No, I don't. I'm making it <laughs> up. Yeah. I, I don't even know if I'd give this another watch. You yeah, know, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to give it like a four out of ten. Yeah, so they... So, of course, his friend... You know, there's a lot of, um, for some reason I get this house, uh, his friend gets it for two weeks. Right. Uh, I guess free cause they have no money.
1: Yeah. There's like a lot of unanswered
0: questions that just like happen. Yeah. Oh. And then the uncle disappears. Right. And then we find out that he was in a accident Yeah. with the truck, I guess. But, um, but the girl landed lands- in a swamp or something.
1: Yeah, the girl ends up back at the World's Fair. She just happens to run oh, into yeah.
0: Elvis. She stays with him for who knows how long. I think where they were staying was maybe close enough that you could walk there. Yeah. Because it, it said Century 21. Mm-hmm. Estates or something. So, I think it was part of the World's Fair. So, that kind of makes sense a little bit. Yeah, and his friend meets this guy that, I guess, lives there... I don't understand the housing there. I don't know if it was for the people that worked. <laughs> the fan. Or what these permanent residents. There's a guy he finds, I guess, isn't good at gambling. Yeah. So he's trying to...
1: Well, it's weird. There's like seven of them that are like gambling degenerates.
0: Yeah. They're <laughs> just like
1: itching to roll the
0: dice or steal the cards. Yeah. Or like every time you see these people, yeah. that's all they're doing. And then uh, Danny... Danny towards the end gets a deal with I guess a guy he's been looking for that could, you know, get him some money because he owes, they owe $1,200 and then they have to transport something. They don't know what it is and it's this little plane but I guess there is a cargo hold which we do find out there is but it's not that big and then at the end, they, Elvis is kind of suspicious and they, he opens the bag and it's furs. They're, yeah. trans- <laughs>
1: They're like smuggling furs into Canada.
0: Yeah. I guess you couldn't get fur and a yeah. lot of weird stuff going on. Yeah. And then the last song is, I think, uh, well, let's let's look at the soundtrack here. I think it was.
2: Happy Well, yeah. It. I
0: <laughs> Okay. So, let's get into the uh, soundtrack. Uh, So, this is the sixth soundtrack by Elvis. So, I I take it, um, since this was his 12th movie, that they didn't do I just assume they did a soundtrack for every movie. Right. But if this is the sixth and his 12th movie, he didn't do a soundtrack. Right. For every movie. I don't know. (laughs) So, there's 10 songs on the soundtrack and two of the standout songs are written By one of Elvis's favorite songwriters, his name was Don Robertson. He wrote, they remind me too much of you and I'm falling in love tonight. Now, there's an odd fact about Don Robertson, I found. Okay. So, besides this album, he also lent his piano playing skills to the Disney theme park attraction Country Bear Jamboree. Oh, okay. At Disneyland, Disney World and Tokyo Disneyland. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, The other notable songwriter is uh, Otis Blackwell. He wrote One Broken Heart for Sale. Actually, I like that song. That was, that, that's a good song. I think that's the song he was singing on the porch when he came. She went to sleep, the little girl went to, I don't know, he was on the porch of the house singing it, not to anybody, to himself. So, Otis Blackwell also wrote with uh, Winfried Scott, Return to Sender, another Elvis song. That's not on this album. Otis also wrote Great Balls of Fire don't be cruel all shook up and also a song i don't know if you know this song called handyman it was made famous uh, by james taylor i might want to be it. your handyman i like that song so uh one broken heart for sale and they remind me too much of you would be released ahead of time on january 29th to promote both the album and the film And One Broken Heart for Sale was the first RCA single of Presley's career that did not make the top five. Oh, wow. In 2003, it happened at the World's Fair, was reissued on the Follow That Dream edition, contained the original album with numerous alternate takes. So we have 10 songs, Beyond the Bend, Relax, Take Me to the Fair, They Remind Me Too Much of You, One Broken Heart for Sale, Falling in Love Tonight. Cotton Candy Land, World of Our Own, How Would You Like to Be, and Happy Ending, which ends the movie with like a parade yeah. through the park. I don't know if I recommend seeing this one. Uh, you know, I just think there's better. Like I, I haven't seen every Elvis movie, but I, I, there's better movies than this one of the two that I watched. It's I amusing like... yeah. um, if you. Don't have anything else to watch. I don't know how anyone would not have anything <laughs> else to watch, but right, yeah, so that's our review of the Elvis movie. And we'll be back in July uh with another podcast and hopefully an interview. Uh We didn't do an interview this month. Matt and I will be back for the interview and Jeremy will be back. uh I think Jeremy will be back for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll either be Mike and me or Jeremy and me. All right. So... So, thanks for listening today. Hope you learned a lot, and uh, you'll hear us again soon. Yeah, go. sounds good. You've been listening to No Good Music, intro and exit music by the band 99%. Today's show is produced and edited by Rob J. Lilly and recorded at the Did You Say 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. You can find No Good Music on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Pandora, and almost anywhere you listen to podcasts.